So a message today about not allowing circumstances to get in the way of advancing the gospel. I've got a few unrelated stories to share with you today. And I just, uh, I'm just trusting, believing that maybe one of the stories might touch your life and the Holy Spirit use it uh, to either encourage you as you advance the good news in your world or uh, perhaps instruct you to get back to it. And what an opportunity we have with the good news. So let's begin. Paul was in Acts 21, was returning to Jerusalem and the people were very concerned about him going to Jerusalem. It was unsafe, he was a marked man in Jerusalem, but Paul was trusting and believing in God's provision for him to return to Jerusalem to advance the gospel. Agabus, Agabus was one of the prophets in the land and he was from Judah, he come from Judah, and he came to Paul and he took Paul's belt and he bound Paul with the belt. And Agabus said to him, this is what's going to happen to you if you go to Jerusalem. And Paul had had enough. And Paul said, quit crying for me. My life is in the Lord's hands. I'm moving forward. And I'm headed to Jerusalem. The lesson for us in that is this. You can't take something away from a person that has already given everything away. You can't take it away from a person that's already given everything away. The issue of circumstances, the issue of his rights, the issue of how he's treated, the issue of, of whether or not he is honored or not was already given away. And Paul had positioned himself throughout the course of his ministry that he was not going to be held back by circumstances, whether they're good or bad, because he'd already given everything away. So one of the reasons why we get held back by our circumstances is when we just simply haven't given everything away yet. We're still holding on tightly. We're holding on to what we have. We're holding on to our life. We're holding on to our circumstances, and we're, we're trying to manipulate how things are for us. And there's a good lesson that you just, you can't take something away from someone that's already given it all away. The second lesson, the second story that might touch someone's life. Bob and Nancy Doolin were in our church 30 some years ago in San Angelo. And we had heard that Nancy had uh, began to go through the process with doctors about breast cancer. And they were scheduled to do a biopsy and they did the biopsy and and so the biopsy was going to, the, the, what they found was going to be explained to her the next week. And on Sunday, uh, Nancy and Bob walked up to me and, and I remember just like it was yesterday, they said, because an unusual request honestly, and they said, Lee, uh, we're meeting with the doctor this week, the oncologist, and we really want you to go with us. And I said, well, okay. Uh, you know, so they told me when it was, where it was. And so they said, please meet us there at the doctor's office. So I did. I went to the doctor's office with them. And I was not quite sure why I was there. I knew that this was a very difficult appointment. I knew that they were most likely, based on what they had shared with me, were about to hear some news that they didn't want to hear. 
And so we're waiting in the waiting room, and the doctor uh, calls uh, Nancy to come in, and Bob gets up, and I get up and go in there. And, and when I went and sit down, uh, the doctor, I remember, looked over at me, and he's, are you, are you, are you family? And, uh, and she said, oh, he's, he is family. He's our pastor. We want him here with us. He said, oh, okay. And uh, he began to explain to her that uh, she had breast cancer that was very aggressive, and in the final stage and that they had he had hoped that they had caught it earlier but they hadn't and uh, the only alternative the only thing they could do for her was to put her through some very very painful and difficult chemo and see if they couldn't get ahead of it and he told her that uh, it's going to be a long haul and we're not quite sure how it's going to work out but but it's going to be very difficult on you it's a very hard uh, treatment that you're going to go through and they they were holding hands I remember Bob started tearing up and she put her head down and she said I I was convinced that that's what she was going to tell me today and so he said well uh, we will begin the process and you fill out this paperwork and we'll get with you and we will get the chemo treatments all scheduled and explain to you exactly how that happens so he he said goodbye to us. We walked out, and we're out in the parking lot, and we're standing there, and, you know, I'm just blown away with what I've just heard, and I'm looking at him, and I'm very much wanting to console him, but what in the world do you say? I want to encourage him, but how do I encourage folks like this? And, and finally, we, uh, she stopped, and her and Bob uh, began to talk with me, and they said, Lee, the reason why we wanted you here today is we believed that we were going to hear what we heard. That was just what we believe was going on. And here's what we want you to do. We ask you here so that regardless of what happens to me, this is Nancy speaking, in the next few months or weeks or however long it goes, we want to use this illness to glorify God. And we want you to always be there to remind us to do that, to be our accountability. But we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to use this illness. And we're hoping that through the testimony that we will give, that many of our family members will come to Christ. Many of our friends will come to Jesus. We hope it's an encouragement to other people. I don't remember one time in the course of her illness, and, and she, didn't, she didn't make it very long. It, was, it wasn't even quite a year from start to finish that the Lord called her home. But she was faithful. She, she and Bob shared and witnessed. And every time they had an opportunity, they would say that their life was in the Lord's hands and he was going to use this. And so she used her illness to advance the gospel. J. Oswald Chambers tells a story about an Indian evangelist. He had followed the Luke 10 missionary principle. He had read Luke 10, and, and that's what he was to do. He was to go and share the good news with people to advance the gospel, and he wasn't to take anything with him, much like the Chinese missionaries are doing in the roads of Jerusalem today. They are leaving with just what they have, and they're trusting God every step of the way. Well, this Indian who had been born again, saved, and full of the Holy Spirit was just 
bold in his sharing. He would just walk from village to village and he would stay in a village and he would share the gospel and until either uh, he had shared the gospel with everyone or he was run out of town. And, and he was run out of the town often. And it was late in the evening, and he was walking down a road, and he heard about a village that was down the way. And, and he made it late in the evening. He was really tired, and he was really hungry, and he was really just wanting to rest. But he said, no, I'll begin tonight. And so he went to the market, and he began to share the good news with people that were there. And just explaining about Jesus, explaining what, who Jesus was, what Jesus had done for them, about the love of God, about the sin that separates us from God, and how if they would just believe in Jesus, that they would find eternal life and have eternal life. And some of the uh, uh, Hindu and Sikh leaders in the town all got together, and they literally uh, threatened his life and ran him out of town. And he went and found a little creek, and he found him a place that he could lay down and sleep. And so he was really, really tired, and so he went to sleep. And he was, he, he was uh, woken the next morning with a whole bunch of the villagers that were there. And they looked down, and they saw that his feet, because he didn't have socks, he didn't have shoes, that his feet were blistered, and, and they were just mangled. And, and when the evangelist woke up and he saw all the townspeople, he just thought to himself, well, this is it. This is my life. I, my life is about to end right here because these people are, have come out to, to murder me. And one of the spokesperson for the villagers that had come out the scene, they said to him, we are not going to harm you. However, we heard the message yesterday and we saw how you were treated. And we weren't, we weren't able to hear what you had to say yesterday. But we want to hear what a man has to say that's willing to risk his life and he's willing to walk to us on blistered feet and share with us. What do you have to tell us? And Chambers says that the man got up and began to explain Jesus to them and talk about, you know, the plan of salvation and the, advance the good news. And according to Oswald Chambers, Everyone in the village, even those who threatened his life the night before, came to Christ because of the man's sacrifice. Paul's unwillingness to accept the circumstances was advancing the gospel. Nancy and Bob's willingness to take what is the most difficult set of circumstances we would have and use it for the good news and people came to Christ and here we see this evangelist in India who was willing to sacrifice his life sacrifice uh, his feet just just sacrifice living the life that most people want to have of security and comfort and ease to advance the gospel and the Lord used it Yesterday, many of you heard the last week, we talked about the wage wager between Lance and myself, and I ran a 5K, he ran a 10K. And in uh, the way that we had it planned, the way that Lance set it up is, uh, we had a marker out there, 2.5K from the church, and, and for me it was one trip out there and back, and for him it's gonna be out there and back, and then out there and back again. 
And so uh, I had kind of played it in my mind, you know, and I, I knew how fast he was. And I thought, you know, when I'm coming back down uh, 1187, most likely he is going to blow by me about uh, the oil change place or where Pete's used to be, or I might be able to make it to Sonic. But along in there somewhere is where it, he's going to pass me and he's going to get ahead of me. And so I come down that little hill, I'm about to go up the hill a bit, you know, and in about, about that time I've already ran 4K and, and I'm pretty much done. You know, it's, it's, I'm to the end of my tank and I'm going along there doing my little shuffle. And, and I, I think I better start looking back to see, see him come. And I think about that a little bit and I'm going along and, and I hear my voice say, and, and I believe it was the Lord speaking to me and said, here's a lesson for you, knucklehead. You're going to hear, you're going to learn something valuable for you. If I look back and I see him coming, what difference is it going to make? You, can you run faster? No, sir. If you see him coming, are you going to be able to do anything about it? No. The only thing you can do about it is to stop him and rest him to the ground and stomp his head. <laughs> That's all you can do. That's the only way you're going to be able to stop him. And most likely, he's going to run around you. If you stop and start to try to grab him, he's going to get away from you. There's nothing you can do. Yep, there's nothing I can do about it. There is no sense in me looking back. No sense whatsoever. And so I heard my mind speak to me, and as I said, I believe it was the Spirit giving me a lesson of spiritual importance, and this is the lesson. What good does it do for you to look back? You're doing the very best you can do. You just look forward, and you keep doing what you are supposed to do here. You can't change any of the circumstances here. He is going to go by you, and there's nothing you can do about it. You just do what you are supposed to do. Just focus forward and keep going as best you can and be faithful. Be faithful. You may be looking at your circumstances. You may be looking at past things. You may be always you know, beaten down, literally beaten down by things that have happened yesterday or last month or last year or whatever happened, right? And, and, and you have been saddled with some very difficult circumstances. Is it really going to do you any good to look back? Paul said, advance forward. Paul said, don't look back, move forward. Just do what you're called to do. Just be faithful to your assignment, regardless of the circumstances. And so I laughed. I said, man, Lord, here I am learning a real valuable lesson here today. Just stay focused on what God's asked you to do and be faithful to the end. So you just look forward, you run your race, you run your assignment, you leave the circumstances alone. You don't allow the circumstances to reach up and grab you and shake you and cause you to get off track, regardless of what those circumstances are. You just be faithful.
to what the Lord's asked of you, your assignment. Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, verses 12, 13, and 14. Paul says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. What has happened to Paul is he's in jail. He's in jail. Now, a man in jail who is a man on a mission, and that mission is to share the good news, to travel, to build churches, to strengthen churches, to equip churches, to train leaders, to move from place to place and just share the good news, that man being put in prison ought to absolutely stop the mission, right? That would make sense. But Paul says, I want you to know, brothers, I want you to know, know believers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Yes, he's saying that very clearly because honestly, he understands that most people understand that something this adverse happened to you would get in the way of advancing the gospel. I mean, circumstances that are beyond your ability to handle ought to get in the way of handling the gospel. I mean, you think about the evangelist there in India not having any shoes. He should, it should get in the way. This cancer that impacted the life of Bob and Nancy Doolin, it should have got in the way of sharing the good news, but it didn't. It catapulted them to be able to share the good news and to make the most of the opportunities that you are saddled with for the advancement of the gospel. He said, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. And this is what he said has happened. So it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard. That's all the, the soldiers that are responsible to keep the jail going and to, and to guard Paul and to, and to keep Paul in jail. And, all, and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. Now, how else would Paul have been able to have an audience with the imperial guard? How would he have been able to get to all the prison guards? How would he have gotten to everyone in the political system, in the government system, to be able to share with them the good news? Well, he probably didn't have many opportunities for that. But in jail, he had a great opportunity, and he made the most of it. And so that's what I read here in these scriptures is Paul just saying to us, regardless of how you find yourself, regardless of the circumstances that you are dealt, make the most of your circumstances. Understand you don't control your circumstances. Understand you don't own your circumstances. If you are confined to a six by eight jail cell, make the most of every opportunity you have to advance the gospel in the, from that jail cell because it, you have no idea of what's going to be the result of that. And, and here Paul says, this is, this is really amazing that not only has my cellmates and those people close to me heard the gospel, but the whole imperial guard have heard that I'm here because of Christ. There was conversation. There was talking about it. Can you, do you believe this, this lunatic Paul guy? 
Here he is in jail, and honestly in jail because of his religious philosophy, because of his sharing of the good news. He's in prison for that. He hadn't killed anybody. He hadn't slapped anybody. He hadn't cheated on his taxes. He hadn't, you know, fleeced anybody. He hasn't broken any laws other than a religious law that he claimed that Jesus was the Messiah. And because they saw him as someone they couldn't control and they couldn't handle, they locked him up. Unfair, unfair practice. But he said the Lord has used this imprisonment to advance the gospel and the whole prison guard have heard why I'm here. And he says in verse 14 something else that I think is really important for us today. And most of the brothers have become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment. Other Christians have been encouraged, have gained confidence in their faith, have gained confidence in their understanding that Jesus is the Lord of all, that he is king, that he can't be stopped, that we are to follow him because he is absolutely the king of all kings and he is in control. He is sovereign. And most of the brothers having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Because of my imprisonment, because I've been faithful in my Imprisonment. Other people, other believers have been encouraged to share, to advance the gospel. Now, that's one thing I know for absolutely sure that in the life of every one of us believers, when when we hear that Bob and Nancy Doolin faced a, a, a you know a malignancy that was going to take her life. And they face their last days to advance the gospel to their family and friends. And they made the most of what they were dealt. That encourages us. That encourages us. It, it spoke to someone today when the Holy Spirit just opened up your heart and said, when, when you heard that the reason why Paul was not threatened with what they were going to do to him in Jerusalem is because he was a man that had already given everything away. And that testimony of Paul already given everything away, so he was absolutely free to face danger and, and, and what other people would fear, that spoke to you, that encouraged you, that caused you to think. It does in all of us. That Indian evangelist, man, that, that speaks to me. I mean, I just think about his sacrifice, his blistered feet, his hungry belly. I think about every single day, he didn't have the ability to protect himself from rain. He didn't have the ability to sleep on a mat. He didn't have the ability to uh, uh, comfort and ease. But he was willing to sacrifice all of that for the good news. It helps me understand the good news really is good news. Why else would the guy do that? And when those village people came out and they saw his blistered feet, they recognized his sacrifice. And the Holy Spirit used that. That encourages believers. That encourages us to be faithful with our assignments that we have. And when I spoke to you about the lesson I learned yesterday about what good is it going to do you to look back? That spoke to someone. The work of the Holy Spirit there. You've been plagued by looking back. You've been plagued with regrets. You've been plagued with what has happened. 
You've been plagued with, with this and that or the other that has gotten the way that's, that's preoccupying your heart and your time. And what matters most? And in Philippians, Paul says, my prayer is for you is that you will all learn what matters most and you'll live for it. And so if we're going to be a life on mission, and if we are going to be a life with a cause, then we are going to have to realize that we don't own our circumstances, that circumstances may change, and we have got to be surrendered to the point to where we advance the gospel with whatever we're dealt. Because it's for the Lord Jesus, and He'll use it. He'll use it. Paul was a man just like us, that had been saved, that had been touched, and he became a man with a fire to share the good news. The reason why that is the truth and that was what happened is because the good news really is good news. It really does change lives. It really does give hope. It really does provide means of salvation. If nothing else, just absolute, complete, total forgiveness of our sins. To know for sure that you stand before Almighty God, right with God through what Jesus has done for us on the cross. For by grace we're saved through faith and not of ourselves. It's the gift of God and not of works, lest any should boast. So as we think about this Christmas season, we think about our mission giving, and we think about our life on a mission, as we think about the, the call that God might have on us, man, what circumstances are in the way? What's getting the best of you? What do you need to lay aside for the cause of Christ? Help us, Lord, to, to follow through with what you have spoken to us about today. Father, help us to have the faith of Paul. Help us to have the faith of not looking back. Help us to have the courage of this Indian evangelist. Help us, Lord, to, to be like Paul here and recognize, Lord, that you always work in our circumstances. And, Lord, just the freedom that we have by not looking back, the freedom that we have by not worrying about what we can't deal with and what we can't handle and what we can't control. I just pray, Lord, that your spirit would light a fire in each and every one of us, either here or watch it on the videotape or the internet today. Lord, that you would just burn deep inside of us to desire to share the good news because it really is good news. In Jesus' name, amen.